You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society. Steph here, and I am so happy that you are here today. We are going to talk about planning your dream life. I coach one-on-one women from all over the world, and I absolutely love it. And we talk about living out your dream, whatever that is. So I happen to be living in California. I'm in the U.S. The, the term, the American dream, gets thrown around an awful lot. And in general, when it comes to the Declaration of Independence and all of this stuff from our founders, it's health, wealth, and the pursuit of happiness, kind of that live long and prosper mentality and mindset. And that is what I believe in, and that's what I teach, and that's what I work with my one-on-one coaching clients. And the difference between how I coach versus some other coaches is I don't have a one-size-fits-all kind of cookie-cutter approach. I try and help my clients achieve the results they want and that are absolutely personalized for them. And so what we're going to do today is go through (laughs) kind of the five-year plans that I have had for myself since I first started paying attention to what I wanted when I wanted it that we talked about in the last episode and how I have crafted my dream life and how I really do feel deep down inside my bones that I am living my best life and I am living my version of the American dream. And that's what I hope for each and every one of you. And I want you to know that it doesn't matter how old you are. You can shift And you can still manufacture and create and craft the life of your dreams. Maybe if you're five feet tall, you're probably not going to play in the WNBA. But maybe you can find a way to marry those two dreams. So your reality versus your dream. You can find a way to combine the two. Maybe you start following your favorite team around and and see if there is some sort of position in marketing or in publicity, or maybe you start an online group where you discuss your favorite WNBA team. Whatever it is, you, you can do something that pushes you towards your dreams, pushes you in the right direction and points you where you want to go. We talked about in the first few episodes of setting your metaphoric GPS. And that is all I'm talking about and, and not giving up and just going for it. So if you've been following me for a while, you know that I really like journaling. I've always done that. When I was little, my parents would get me birthday and Christmas presents of, of a diary. I know I had a Hello Kitty 
diary and it had this tiny little metal lock with this key, which is so silly because I think you can use a bobby pin or even a, a super sharp pencil to prop open the lock. But I, I just always liked recording my thoughts and I still do to this day. I sell a journal, 30 Days to a New You. If you've never journaled, I highly recommend giving it a go and and brain dumping in the morning when you're fully, fully awake, but you're still in this kind of like dream-like trance state and you can download the thoughts that are in your in your head. Um, once they're recorded, you don't have to think about them anymore. So that's what's nice about journaling is it just sort of clears your mind. Okay. So at about age 20, I started planning out five-year plans. And I've talked about this to you in the past when I was talking about the goal setting is I've never been a huge fan of SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym for strategic and measured and actionable and realistic and on a timeline. That was too analytical for me. I am not a straight-lined person, but my brain is is very bouncy. I don't like straight lines. I don't like coloring in the line. That's not for me. So I've never had goals where I felt as if I was going to fail if I didn't meet them by a certain time frame. So I instead have always had very visiony goals and I knew sort of, of what I wanted and, but I didn't do like, like a step-by-step formula. And, and so that is how I've always been. I didn't know it was a thing. This was before the secret. This was before I knew anything about vision boards. I just sort of knew kind of what I wanted. And I think a lot of that happened to be with, I, when I was in my late teens and, and turning 20, I was dating Adam. I met him in high school and we actually, uh, the first time we got married was in our, was it junior year or senior year? I guess it was senior year. Our, our, uh, so we started dating the summer going into our senior year, but I think we were in many of the same classes our senior year and we got married in an economics class. And, uh, Mr. Phillips was our teacher and Mr. Phillips, uh, had Mr. Knight, who was our school counselor, dress in this white robe, kind of like a, a Catholic bishop. And, and he pretended to drink out of a flask, which is so funny because that is so inappropriate and never, ever, ever would happen now. Um, that counselor, it was just wildly inappropriate, but that is what happened. And so Adam and I first got married in our economics class. So I knew right then and there that I was going to marry him for reals. And so, and so going into my 20th year, when I sort of had this vision for what was going to transpire in the next five years, by the time I was 25, I knew I wanted to get married and I knew I wanted to have a family with Adam. I knew we wanted to live in the San Francisco area and I knew eventually I wanted to stay home with my children. And the reason I knew these things, or I thought I knew these things, or I thought I, I had this kind of vision in mind was because I did an awful lot of babysitting and, and went in and out of different families' homes. And I was also teaching preschool and I, I liked the way in my brain. In my very young brain, I thought that the families where the mom stayed home were calmer and they didn't seem as rushed and they didn't seem as frenzied. And the mom would come in yoga pants and drop the kid off at the preschool and then go off to yoga class or go get her hair done. And I thought that was just 
an awesome way of being and in something that I wanted for myself. So I always sort of had that vision in mind. So I continued to hold that firmly as I made my way through life. So by age 25, we were married. We actually did have a baby. We were in a two-bedroom apartment and I was able to take her to work with me. And it all was just great. It, every, everything on, on paper looked great, except for the fact that I was working. And again, we were living in the San Francisco area. It was totally expensive. She got to go to work with me. I was able to nurse on demand. I was able to do cloth diapers. All of the things that I wanted to do as a mom, I was able to do it. But I had to get up early in the morning every day and bring her to work with me. And I didn't like it. Adam was working really hard. He was finishing up his degree. It was a busy time, but happy time. And I I just knew it, it needed to be better. I knew we wanted to have a house and I knew I didn't want to work. And it seemed really pushy and, and needy and greedy of me to want more, but that is what I wanted. And, and at that time, Adam and I were, we started our marriage with debt. We each got sort of suckered into credit cards. Um, when we were in college and we would sign up for these credit cards because they would offer us very, very silly things like a king size snicker bar to sign up for a chase card or a discovery card. And at one point we had a credit card for many, many stores. I remember Adam had a Sears card. Uh, we had a Macy's card. We had a few different credit cards. We, we would sort of play the credit card game and pay one off with another one. And then we would consolidate and, and do all these things. So, so anyway, we, we started not in a good place. So I ended up reading Dave Ramsey's book, whatever, whatever the baby step book was. And so I knew we needed to go on a cash diet and we were able to, to pay things off. And, and we did his snowball plan and followed it very well. And at one point we had such a strict food budget and we were buying food in bulk, Smart and Final. And Smart and Final is a warehouse store similar to Costco or Sam's Club, but it's not a club membership because we we were in debt. I wasn't going to pay and I wasn't going to allow us to pay for any sort of membership. So I, I remember writing out our meal plan, which is so ironic because my, my, my future, my future Steph started writing meal plans and, and helping people with meal plans. But at this time I'm in my early twenties and, and didn't know what was coming, but we had this meal plan on the refrigerator and it was like a corn dog night and we each got one corn dog. And I remember Adam opening our apartment sized freezer and digging through to try and get another corn dog. And I'm like, no, no, dude, you, you don't get this. If, if you're hungry, you can have cereal or you can make some rice, but no. And, and that was because I had counted out the corn dogs and allocated them for us throughout the month. So that is who we were at 25. And so I started paying attention. Okay. So, so we hit 25. I've, I've got the marriage. I've got the kid. Uh, things are well. I knew we wanted to have more children. It was important to us to have children young. We wanted to have kids young and be able to enjoy them and and stay youthful. And that was important to us. So 
What's interesting, and I talked about this in the last episode, is you can have a step-by-step approach, but you also have to trust somehow that God or the universe is going to meet you halfway. And what ended up happening was the courthouse that I was working in, there was a very high-profile case that moved into that courthouse, and there was an out-of-town bailiff who who was there to check on the security. And they walked into my child care center and said, what's going on here? And so I explained that it was a child care center and we're in the courthouse. And if anybody needs to drop their kids off, they can. And so my two-year-old was sitting at my feet. And so I, I guess now we're, I was 26-ish, 27-ish. And so my two-year-old is sitting at my feet and this big, huge barrel-chested bailiff said, well... If we ever have a jailbreak, and and the reason he said that is is that our county courthouse is attached to the jail. There is a catwalk on the other side of the building, and he said if there was ever a jailbreak, this is the first place they're going to come to, and we wouldn't want anything to happen to this one. Now would we? And he pointed at my toddler who was sitting at my feet playing blocks, and I just sort of stared at him and nodded. He left. I shut the door pulled the shade down, double locked it, called Adam, and I quit that day. And and so that's sort of nothing I ever could have planned, but that's what happened. And so because of that, then all of a sudden I'm out of work. And thankfully, through following the the Dave Ramsey, we were out of debt or, or very close to it. And so we pulled out a map and we started circling outwards from from the nucleus we were in. We were trying to circle outwards to find where we could afford to buy. And so all of a sudden, I was a stay-at-home mom because I quit my job. And we started calling realtors and we found a realtor. And we ended up buying our first house outside of the Bay Area. And all, all before 30. But what's interesting is not only was it all before 30, while I was staying home in this new house, we had baby number two and I started my writing career. I started writing for the local press and it was called Steph and Sensibility. And I was giving life and parenting advice. And I started taking classes on being a life coach and, and reading books along that way and, and how to be a motivational speaker. I had already emailed the Franklin Covey company about the Totally Together journal that I had talked to you about in the last episode. And so I wrote a book proposal for that and I found a literary agent and I started working and, and writing in that way. And, and again, none of this was planned in a step-by-step way. It was just, I held the vision firm. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family. 
at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. We turn 30 in this house. I guess we didn't turn 30. Maybe we turned 29. And Adam had this sort of inkling, we don't want to be here. We want to be back in the Bay Area. We want to be back in the neighborhood we want our kids to be in school for. And we didn't know how any of that was going to happen. All of a sudden, he just came home one day and he said that the economy was going to dip. He could tell just by signs in the news and in the stock market. And and there were houses around us with grocery carts in the front yard and kind of long grass. So this was 2000. Uh, let's see. So we had, uh, I guess it was 2005-ish and it was before the recession. We ended up moving back to the Bay Area and bought at, at which would have been our third house. So we hopped from house to house. And then this, this new house back in the neighborhood we grew up in happened to be a great house. And on paper, not only did we get out of debt, all of a sudden we were in this house and our net worth was pretty darn close to a million dollars, which is fascinating when you think about it because all of this happened within a time span of about five years. And we had no idea how any of it was going to happen, but we kept that vision very, very firm. Because we were back in the Bay Area, I needed to go back to work. And by then we had baby number two. And so both kids came to work with me. I was back teaching preschool. It was great. Everything was lovely. We're we're living a couple miles from my parents. We get to see my brother, my grandparents was helping to take care of them. Just everything was wonderful, except for I always had that kind of thought of I wanted to stay home. I knew I liked writing. I knew I wanted to work for myself, but the, the finances weren't there. And so it wasn't a possibility. And so I continued to go to work every day. Everything was fine. And yet again, sort of God in the universe intervened. And my little one started getting sick. She started vomiting often in this sort of sporadic way that we couldn't figure it out because she was my second. I assumed I knew everything about parenting and that it was daycare germs. And so I just sort of blew it off for longer than I should have. In in retrospect, I, I definitely made some mistakes. I was fearful. I wanted to quit working, but I was very fearful that we wouldn't be able to afford the mortgage. And so I went against my gut and my intuition. And, and I kept going to work every day and, and she kept getting sick. And finally I had had enough. And so I quit. I quit on the spot and came home, told Adam and he's like, yeah, that's not actually the best idea ever. And so later we, we found out that she had celiac disease, which is a gluten intolerance. And obviously gluten is very well known now. This was back in 2006 and it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And this happening, happening, happenstance ended up being such a pivotal moment in my life because it launched my career in so many ways. So I quit work and I had this major fire in my belly that I had to find a legitimate way to work from home. And I needed to write and I needed to do all these things. And that is how a year of crockpotting, a year of slow cooking got started, was that I needed to find a way to make money at home while I was taking care of these kids. 
and everything that I happen to have written was gluten-free. And since food blogs were so limited at the time, I had very good SEO, which is search engine optimization. So not only was it one of the very first crockpot sites, everything was gluten-free. So I was giving people what they were searching for and so the site took off. And at the peak, it adds on the site, they easily made $1,000 a day. And again, thanks to Dave Ramsey and and who we are and, and how frugal we are, we always just shoveled the money into retirement accounts and, and never spent it. it. It's just always there and it, it's compounding and, and it's fine and it's safe. But from from that and from that experience, we were able to pivot to a, a larger house still within the same neighborhood in the same school district. And that's where we are today. And, and it feels great. So all of this happened between ages 30 and 35. And also at that time, I knew we weren't quite done having children. And so in 2010, we had uh, baby number three and I, I was on Good Morning America heavily pregnant. And that was when Diane Sawyer was there. And I told her that I was slow cooking baby number three. And that's exactly what had happened. So it it really was as if everything I had hoped and dreamed and prayed for had come true. Some things felt off to me. I have never been much of a cook. (laughs) I, I know how to cook, but I kept getting introduced as a chef when I am most certainly not a chef. I kept going to food conferences and and blogging conferences where I was put with all of the food bloggers and I never actually resonated with them because I'm not a foodie. I feed the kids and I feed myself and and yes, but I don't dream about food and dream about coming up with new recipes. It just um it was the end to a means. It was it was the end uh it was the it was trying to find a way to make money while being a stay-at-home mom because really that has always been my dream is I is I just want to be home with my kids and get paid for it. And and that's just how I always wanted. So so between 35 and 40 I kept doing the same thing over and over again even though it didn't feel right, which is of course the definition of insanity of of doing the same thing and and hoping for different results. And I was sort of leaning into being on TV. I ended up being filmed for a pilot. I ended up being in an infomercial and and enjoyed aspects of it, but did not enjoy being away from my family. Did not enjoy saying things that didn't align with my integrity and my personality. I I remember when I was on the set for the infomercial, one of the things in the teleprompter was they wanted me to taste beef stew and then look directly at the camera and say, this is the best beef stew I've ever had. And it, and it didn't sit right with me because beef stew is beef stew. And, and it wasn't the best beef stew of my life. It was a regular crockpot slow cooker tasting beef stew. I absolutely loved the project. The product is the, the Ninja cooking system. And I absolutely loved that, but I don't think it actually makes the food taste any better. It just is a, a convenient pot. So that kind of stuff didn't sit right with me. And I remember telling the production team, I'm not going to say that. It, it doesn't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not able to say that. And they're like, sure you can. It's written right there in the teleprompter. I'm like, yeah, no, that, that doesn't 
sit right with me. So, um, so I'm proud of myself that I stuck to my guns and I stuck with my vision, even though at times I, I definitely said no to money. And I definitely said no to what some of the business guys would call low hanging fruit because it just didn't feel right to me. I have always just wanted to help people best I could. I've always been drawn to helping other women and helping other moms get the stuff that needs to happen done in, in an efficient way. So that's where I was until about 35. And then, um, at 40, uh, 40 was, was fun. And, and we had a big party and we ended up renting a margarita machine for the adults and a softy machine for the kids. And it was great and, and it was wonderful. But I had this kind of like gnawing sentiment in the back of my brain. And I knew that if I stayed on the trajectory I was on, I would burn out. I, I wasn't really taking care of myself the way that I should. I knew I was overeating. I knew I was over drinking. I knew I was having a lot of fun with friends and doing things. But in, in doing so, I was neglecting the business. I was not setting our, our future selves up as well as we could. And, uh, I, I had this vision of, of calmness and peacefulness and, and slowing down. We, we had, financial goals we needed to make and meet. And I didn't know how we were going to do that because the crock pot site wasn't doing the best. I knew I didn't want to write about instant pot. Um, I knew I didn't want to chase all these kind of like influencer things and, and pretend to be interested in advertising products that, that didn't feel right to me. So I didn't know where the money was going to come from. And, and that created a lot of anxiety. And so I was sort of numbing out those feelings by hanging out and overeating and, and partying, not, not partying in a detrimental way, but having a glass of wine at night, every night, instead of maybe writing or doing something a bit more productive with my time. I think I needed to go through that and I definitely own that, but I knew it wasn't sustainable in the long term. I, I wouldn't be able to get to where I wanted to be at age 45 and age 50 and age 55 if I kept doing what I was doing. So, so here we are now. I am 45 and a day old and life is really good. In between those years of 40 and 45, when I knew I needed a shift and a change, but I didn't know exactly what it was, I just sort of decided to do some shifting. I, I ended up accepting a job where I am at an elementary school all day, and I'm essentially a mom. I end up parenting the parents and the teachers and the kids, and it's just wonderful. And I have no responsibility except for just kind of loving on the kids that come in the office and, and giving them hugs and giving them band-aids and making them feel better and, and sending them out the door. So I love that. We were able to remodel the kitchen the way that we always planned. We were able to update the bathrooms the way we sort of always had planned. And, and things just have always have just worked out. And, and that's not to say that everything is always like hunky dory and, and peachy keen. There, there's death happens. Life happens. Fights happen. 
arguments happen, sadness and crashed cars and health scares and all of those things happen. And I've been planning out these five-year chunks for 25 years and not everything is sunshine and roses. Absolutely not. And I never want to give that impression. But the impression and and the takeaway that I want to leave you is I never lost sight of the vision. I never lost sight of where I wanted to go. We started at a very young age knowing that we wanted to retire early. We wanted to have children early so then we could retire early so then we could essentially goof around and and travel and, and get a little RV and do all of these things. And we are absolutely on that correct trajectory and it feels good and it feels wonderful. And that is my, my hope and my prayer and my dream for you is that you go to bed each night knowing deep down inside that you're on the right path and, and you're headed towards your dreams. And if you need help, that is what I do. And I do it really well. Reach out to me, Stephanie O'Day forward slash coaching, or shoot me an email, Steph at stephanieoday.com. I'm a real person. I answer my own emails and I am here to help. And I hope this was inspirational to you in some way and shared a little bit more of who I am and what I'm all about. You take care and I'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.